0: Welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devon A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy strategic performance agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to today's episode. Today we have Amber Kurz, master jeweler and owner of Amber Kurz Jewelry. The inspiration for her unique design stemmed from the individuality of hand-picked and sustainably sourced gemstones. Amber strives to create one-of-a-kind sterling silver jewelry with intention and purpose. Each piece is conceived and crafted around the unique beauty of gemstones. Amber's story is one of turning a passion into an inspiring business where she can continue to express her creativity. Amber's work has been featured in publications such as Vogue Magazine, Glamour Magazine, Vanity Fair, and Tatler. Hi, Amber. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. It's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for joining. I am loving the pieces. If you guys are listening, she's wearing some like stunning necklaces. If you catch it on the YouTubes, <laughs> you'll be able to see. Oh, they're so wow, a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, I love them. Tell us a little bit more about your business and how you got started.
1: It really just started with, I've always had a love for jewelry. It used to be just sort of a side hustle. My first love was hair. So I started out doing hair and did jewelry, you know, for friends and for family and as gifts. One day I just decided that I didn't really want to do anything else. And, you know, instead of working for someone else's dreams, I really just wanted to work for my own. So, you know, with loving support of my friends and my family, I just... Decided to go for it, you know, and just never giving up and working hard as cheesy as that sounds. I mean, success is truly a mindset. So if you want to do something, just go for it. And that's what I did. And, you know, sometimes I inspired, you know, myself as far as this has been really hard. And if you just stick with something and do it. You make it happen. I mean, truly,
0: how did you like, what were some of the first steps in getting started? Was it like wholesale? Was it how were you finding the gemstones? Why gemstones and like not a different, I guess, area of jewelry? Like why? Tell us a little bit more about that process, I think.
1: Well, because it was more of, these are the things that I like, you know, my own personal style influenced, you know, what I wanted to make. So anything, you know, that was bezel set or faceted set, I was like, well, I want that, but I want it to be a little different. So it's almost like I went into it thinking I can do everything I want custom. Sure. So I, you know, would start out by doing like beading or buying findings and just kind of putting things together. And then I took an intro to soldering class and that really opened me up because then I could do truly everything from scratch from you know setting stones, making bezels, creating settings and then it just kind of went off from there. I truly make in a weird way what I like. <laughs> you sure, know, yeah. things that I want to see and yeah, it just kind of worked out, you know, a lot of people are responding to it and I love it. So <laughs> You know, it all starts with having faith in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So you started building your business. You started
0: expanding your abilities and what you're able to do. And then did you start with an online store? Do you have a brick and mortar store? Like how, how did you start selling your product?
1: I started on Etsy, I think Etsy, and I still have an Etsy to this day, just because you reach a whole new, you know, audience, but I started doing like gem shows and like local shows like that. And then I started off on Etsy and looking back at my work from when I first started to now, because everything for me, except for the soldering has been self-taught. So when I first started, I was, you know, working a job and then also doing jewelry and then it sort of manifested itself into just doing the jewelry. So I started I started with an Etsy and then I got my first wholesale account, which was extremely exciting. And then, yeah, just kind of went on from there. So now I have an online store. I would love to do a brick and mortar. I think that'd be so amazing. Not only to showcase my jewelry, but other artists as well. I'm truly a jewelry lover. So if I'm not making it, I'm, I'm buying it from someone else. I mean, I think, you know, being such a small community, it's truly important to support each other. And I do. I spend a lot of money on jewelry, so...
0: Fair. selling your products at different markets and fairs and things like what is what are some things that you've learned during that process my mom runs a has a, a jewelry business as well oh, and so we've very been thinking, cool. yeah we've been thinking about doing some of that stuff but I'm like oh the tablescapes the levels of things like the payments for whatever the best tent to set up like there's so many parts
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even to this day, if I do a show, I always set up first. You know, you set up your table first, you see how it's going to look. I just think it's really important to plan. You never really know going into a show what it's going to be like, but even just the ability to pass out business cards or reach out to other artists who maybe don't do jewelry, maybe they do skincare, maybe they do, you know, clothing or all these other things. It's just really good to market and network. Because if you're a jeweler, especially if you do custom jewelry, people are always interested. I mean, that's what's so cool is you can take a totally unique idea and, you know, create it for someone, but just marketing and getting yourself out there, I think is a plus, even if you don't sell anything. I mean, you're still, like I said, marketing, you're handing out business cards, you're letting people know who you are and where you are. So it's always important. Sure.
0: Are there like types of, I guess, maybe what are some of the don'ts, or maybe some of the challenging things that you've learned in selling at markets and fairs and and those types of things.
1: Well, sometimes you'll go to a fair and you'll be like, I don't, I just don't really know if this is my market. Like, Mm That is not to say that anyone else's art is inferior or superior Arts. than mine, but sometimes you'll go to a place and you'll be like, I just don't think I really jive with like the theme here. Sure. So it's really important to like look in, you know, I try to stay away from craft fairs. Cause again, people's crafts are beautiful, they're special, right. but I don't want to, you know, be spending $200 on a jewelry piece when, you know, the average person coming to this craft fair maybe spends like 20 to 50 bucks or something. Yep. You know, you're always wanting to try to find more like-minded people, more people who are maybe selling on your level or even above or a little bit below. But yeah, that was the first time I did a show. That was probably the biggest thing. I was like, everything's great. People, you know, do their thing. But I don't think... I belong in here, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your ideal customer is is probably not here today. (laughs) Exactly. Which again, you get to market, you get to meet people. So there's always that benefit. But yeah, you're like, maybe people aren't really, you know, looking to spend a couple hundred bucks right now when they're at like a craft fair or something, you know? Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you also, you mentioned that you have your, you had a shop on Etsy. And then did you move to like a Shopify or WooCommerce or something else different for your website and selling through there? What was that?
1: I did. I first, I started out with a Squarespace, but then I realized, you know, with the help of my PR team, because again, I'm not a techie person at all. You know, you can set up your Facebook shops and, you know, all those things through the Shopify website. So that's when I, I moved to Shopify and that's been a game changer because, you know, as you know, you can shop anywhere. And I think in this day and age people want simple like oh I like this I can click on it I can see the price I can go to the website and you know whether it leads into a sale or not you get your name out there you know Shopify has probably been the best because again you can shop on Instagram Facebook and it opens you up to a whole new market and definitely more people and awesome
0: yeah do you see a lot of traffic coming from those social channels in opposed to just like searching your name and finding you that way
1: it's weird because sometimes I'll see that the social media does lead to more customers, but then other times I'll see that it's been more like direct, Sure. you know, the website from Google, yeah. which I think is so exciting. Cause it's yeah. like, I mean, you know, the internet's a big place. Like how do people find you? And then, you know, you convert that into a sale. Right. So I'm always so interested. I love social media. I think it's a great tool, but the fact that people can just find me from a Google search or, you know, something like that, it's really cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The internet is an amazing tool. <laughs> like,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's a difference of like how you're using a couple of different things, but like how you're using keywords and things and actually knowing your name in a Google search and opposed to in, you know, Instagram shop or whatever, they may just be typing in you know, sterling silver jewelry or gemstone jewelry or something. And, and your name comes up just by people clicking on it a lot, which is awesome too. But if there is something that's just like, ooh, giddy
1: when they- I always get excited. Like, yeah, You search for my name. Ooh. I'm, excited. I know. I'm always excited. I'm like, you know, I, I love what I do. And for me, that's success enough. But when other people, you know, love and appreciate it as well, just, you know, to share it with people, it's been really awesome. I'm so yeah. grateful. Yeah.
0: Tell us about your first magazine publication.
1: It was actually really cool because, you know, the magazine just reached out. My first was Tatler, which is, you know, a magazine primarily in the UK. And they just reached out. They were like, look, we, you know, we've seen your stuff. We love your jewelry. Like, we'd love for you to be in our magazine. And then after Tatler, it just kind of snowballed from there. So Vogue reached out and then Glamour reached out. And I was like, I used to love reading these magazines. I mean, they're yeah. pinnacles of, you know, fashion and what's in. And I mean, again, to even just have a small little space in those worldwide publications was so exciting for me. I I loved it. Yeah,
0: that is amazing. Very cool. And cool. Just, to, yeah, to see whether it was like hung on a model or,
1: yeah, and just seeing how they God. <laughs> yeah. It's still exciting. I mean of course. insane. It was a great opportunity. But you know, for people to just reach out and be like, we love your stuff. We'd love to feature you in magazine. I was like, I mean, even if it was like, you know, Julie's jewelry picks, I would have sure. been so excited about it, you know. Of course, yeah. Just to be recognized. Right. But also it's vogue. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it was just folks, so. (laughs) But like no no big deal.
0: Oh, that is so, that is so amazing. It was great. What are some things that you are looking to expand, maybe expand into or change or grow within your business in the next like year or two?
1: I would love to get more into gold. A lot of people have asked like, oh, do you do gold? I can do gold plating, sure. but you know, that kind of wears away. So yeah. I'd love to get more into gold. I'm Just working with different metals, I think is not only interesting and fun for me, but again, it kind of opens you up to more people. I love wearing gold as well, so I totally get it. But also I'd really love to start doing more like gemstone sourcing. I went to GIA, so we learned a lot about where, you know, gemstones come from, what kind trees they're from so I think it would be really cool to actually get my hands dirty and do some mining I've been also doing lapidary which is gemstone cutting so to go from the mine to cutting the gemstones to then featuring them in my jewelry a lot of people don't do that and you know in this day and age it's so important for people to know where their stones are coming from as far as you know blood diamonds and the kimberly process I mean that's just a piece of paper so wherever there's money to be made there's going to be a corruption and there's going to be you know people being mistreated. Right. So, being able to go to these places and source my own material, that would be a dream. An absolute dream, you know, then you can truly say I mined this, you know, no poor child had to go into a mine and get it. I right. did it. I cut it. You know, I think that would be awesome. I think yeah. it would be really great. And I I've always been a rock hound. I mean, even in my yard when I go camping, I love like <laughs> digging up stones and I just think that'd be really cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Yeah. And just really, yeah, having the whole supply chain, right? Take right up. Proof. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw something on the Tiki Talkies on TikTok the other day talking <laughs> about different stones because I am, you know, would prefer a lot of gemstones and stuff. And like oh, when I get married, engagement ring, if the boyfriend's listening, don't necessarily <laughs> want a diamond or anything. But I didn't know the you know, you see something pretty and you're like, oh, I love that moonstone or I love that amethyst or something. But I didn't know some of them are obviously stronger than others or can chip easily because they're <laughs> not at this level. Of, yeah, the hardness, um, right? Or uh, that they're, some of them are porous. And so when they get wet over years, I didn't know any of that.
1: That's why it always, like, I cringe when I see people with certain engagement ringstones because I'm like, that just won't last like opal for example opal will eventually turn into powder because it's so like it needs moisture so unless you're treating it constantly it's going to dry out and turn to powder so certain stones i'm all for synthetic like they make you know lab created opals which will stand the test of time turquoise is another one you know like you said it's so porous So after a certain amount of time, it's going to turn colors. It's going to get grimy or pearls. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, there's integrity to creating jewelry, like certain stones. I'll only put in earrings because they scratch really easily. So if they're in an earring or a necklace, it's not going to be as, you know, susceptible to breakage or certain things like that. I think it's really important to tell consumers stuff like that. And that's exactly why I went to GIA. I played as a gemologist. So, you know, you learn the softnesses of stones. You learn, and that's why diamonds are so great as far as engagement rings go, because they are a 10 on the hardness scale. So the only thing that can really scratch a diamond is another diamond, which is insane. But yeah, I mean, I think like emeralds, certain emeralds are gorgeous. I mean, that's what I would want. But- Again, it's just being transparent with people as far as this is how you take care of it. You know, if you're going to bleach your bathtub, right? <laughs> you know, like take yeah. your jewelry off. And, you know, sometimes people don't want that.
0: Right. And it's I haven't door. seen that in all of the Pinterest boards I have, the Instagram shop of like, oh, that one's fun. Like of any types of rings or anything. I've never once seen any knowledge of any oh, yeah. of that until this one TikTok showed up on my, in my algorithm, like nothing. Yeah. That would completely change, the obviously, the point of that, the way people purchase, you know, mm, and absolutely. it doesn't feel necessarily shady or nefarious of like other businesses for not showcasing that and maybe sometimes it, it, they are because people suck. But I think also <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> like, just let someone know like this piece. You know, if taken care of well, still may only last five to seven years or, right. you know, something to give the consumer a little bit more knowledge in what they're
1: purchasing. Or jewelry care. I mean, with every yeah. sale that I get and every package that I send out, I send detailed jewelry care tips. Yeah, Like I said, if you're going to bleach your bathtub, maybe take your ring off. And you know, some people just don't like taking their jewelry off, which I totally get. Mm -hmm. But then that's where you as a consumer should be like, okay, I don't want to take my jewelry off ever. Where are the resources? And then we're kind of back to square one. Where are the resources to show me? Because not everyone knows how hard, you know, always is like, that's just not something most people are interested in, nor do they even think about. It's a stone. It's hard, Right. But, you know, there's care involved. So like I said, as a business, I try to be transparent and just let people know, like, you know, before you go in the pool, before you, you know, lotion, like all these different things, like it could, you know, destroy the integrity of the gemstone. Right. Just so you know, if in six months after, you know, using all these potions and stuff, you're like, why does my stone look like this? And you're like, oh, this is why.
0: Yeah, because it's shifted or changed it. Yeah, that would just make purchasing so... Just different, you know, May sure. go in a completely different direction if, if you know this. And then, mm-hmm. of course, also knowing, too, not only do you provide all that education and aftercare and stuff, but also you went and you mined that and you sourced it and you yeah. created it and all those Absolutely. things is just so important. And I, I love to see consumerism or, you know, purchasing of products shift more and us mm-hmm. demanding more education and more resources sure. and stuff yeah. has been just
1: amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, the gemstone business, it it can get pretty ugly, you know? And again, like the population's becoming more educated about it. But until I went to school, I was like, this is just a pretty shiny thing. You know, like you're like a cat. You're like, oh, it's gorgeous. But, you know, seeing what people go through, seeing how people get treated. I mean, when there's money to be made, there's going to be corruption, you know, and the gemstone business is no different. And what's great about, you know, the United States is the fact that a lot of gemstones that we, you know, get from overseas can be mined here. You know, I just think the difference between the United States and, you know, some place like maybe Africa or India or South America is that we have stricter laws. I mean, no one's gonna allow a child to go mine gemstones. Right. And, you know, we're not gonna allow all these horrible chemicals to be spilled, you know, and no one's gonna say anything. So by no means are we perfect here, but we have a little bit more of regulation and rules as far as like what we won't and what we will allow whereas other countries don't really have that and again the Kimberly process it's only a piece of paper I mean it means nothing if you're not enforcing it sure. so if you can like I said go source these things yourself that's great because I mean your gemstones always might always be a little dirty you know what I yeah. mean yeah and you know that's kind of the nature of the business but like I said I mean more and more jewelers are really starting to get with it as far as where are my stones coming from where are my metals coming from I like to use recycled silver which some people say isn't really recycled but as long as I'm not creating that need to go out and get more I feel like I'm doing something and you know whatever you can do just try it doesn't cost me anymore you know
0: yeah so true so true I think that's a great place to end on Amber if someone wants to find your jewelry where can
1: they find you You can find me at ambercruisejewelry.com or you can follow me on Instagram. Always feel free to reach out. I'm a nice person. So if you ever just want to start a conversation, see where a custom piece could go or just ask me any questions, I'm here.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Amber. It was so great chatting with you today.
1: Thank you. Likewise. I've seen the people who have come on your podcast. So again, I'm very honored to have been chosen to speak with you today. I really appreciate it. Oh no. Thank you. Thank you. So excited. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you on the next one.
0: Thank you for listening to Savvy Booked and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag savvy book and blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. We definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.